The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Wednesday, June the 30th, and we are going to talk top 10 linebackers on today's show with Jordan Najani. Tons of position rankings in the field. In the, in the field. What am I talking about? The field. In the feed. Do to me podcast, Jordan. I got to. I would say I've got to go on vacation because I, I need a vac. I need a break. I just. I just need a break from everything. Um, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up, Will? Yeah, I appreciate all the hard hard work that you're doing, man. We we talked uh, tight ends a few days ago. That was fun. Ready to get into some linebackers. I I'm not going to claim that I'm working hard, but uh, <laughs> I, I will say that. Uh, that I'm, I'm at least, you know, present. You're moment. doing the rounds on all these podcasts, man. Yeah, we, we're cranking out. We're doing, we're cranking out the podcast. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe and hit the like button and tell us who your top linebacker in football is. Also, make sure to check out John Breach's Pick Six podcast newsletter. He and uh, he and Cody Benjamin team up to bring it daily to your inbox. You'll get the best stories from professional football. Uh, and of course, you'll probably get a link to the top 10 linebackers if you're reading it today. Uh, if you give me your uh, the toughest names for you, Jordan, to leave off of your top 10 linebacker list. Yeah, there were several. And I worked all day putting this top 10 list together. You should see the Slack dialogue between me and Debo. It's me adjusting my list probably 40 times in, in the span of like four hours. So a couple that were hard to leave off were Matt Milano, Zach Cunningham from Vandy, who I absolutely love, and then Blake Martinez as well. So those three guys did not make the cut. They're on the outside looking in. Uh, pretty tough to leave them off, though. Okay, that's fair. Um, linebacker's weird, too, because – the position has just completely changed over the past definitely 10 years, but even the, the past five years, right? You have a, just a different style of player that matters. I mean, you know, like a Luke Keekley, maybe more of a throwback or, you know, um, you know, like a, like a guy, he would have been the top, you know, top of this list or near the top of this list when he was playing, he's obviously retired now, but you know, a guy who more of a Ray Lewis type, Right or a Brian Urlacher type. I mean, you think? I mean, those guys were win, you know winning or in Super Bowls not that long ago. I mean, I, I guess we've been doing this for a while. But I mean, like Ray, I was covering Ray Lewis for the Ravens when I started at CBS, and and you know you just don't see as many of those guys in football anymore. And that's primarily because of you need more versatility in your linebackers. And I think this list definitely reflects that. And starting at number ten with Tremaine Edmonds. Yep, he was a guy that was I wanted to put in my top 10. He ended up making the cut. It was kind of tough over some of the names that I previously mentioned. He injured his shoulder in the season opener last year. He re he rebounded to finish with another impressive campaign, though. 119 combined tackles. That was tied for number eight among inside linebackers, and he's tied his career high with two sacks. Another stat that I kind of leaned on was the approximate value tool that pro 
football reference does sure. an AV. Um, so he posted an AV of nine, which ranks number seven among inside linebackers. So you could argue a lot of his stats apart from tackles uh, didn't come up to par, but obviously a lot of the statisticians valued his play highly. So if we were ranking linebackers still just off of, you know, last year's stats in 2020, he probably would have made the top 10, but I do expect him to take a step forward in 2021. Think about it. He's entering just his fourth season and he's 23 years old, Crazy. right? Crazy. He's so young. Yeah, the Bills are a team on the rise. I feel like Edmonds is a player that is doing the same. It's also interesting because you saw the Bills drafted two pass rushers with their first two picks this offseason. I'm excited and intrigued to see how that affects and how that helps Edmonds do what he does as the middle linebacker. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Sean McDermott defenses, I mean, you mentioned Luke Keekley. Um, they had Shaq Thompson, of course, and Thomas Davis, and you know, the latter two certainly more of the versatile modern type of quasi safety, quasi linebacker uh, type of players. But linebackers are key, key in Sean McDermott def defenses, and that's why Matt Milano, all of us, you know, honorable mention, and then Tremaine Edmonds. I, I just think he's so young. I mean, he came in at 19, almost, you know, I'm not saying he's Tyron Smith who, you know, came, but I mean, guys that come in that young and can play at pro bowl levels that early on, I mean, he's got three more years before his physical prime. He could be absolutely elite, uh, you know, and making all pros and stuff like that, taking a huge step forward in the next couple of years. And, and that, you know, he is, he's not, and I, like he, he, he makes some mistakes, but I, I th almost think you can chalk that up to youth. And I agree with you that this is, you know, as you're trying to project forward and look at those linebackers, uh, that is uh, absolutely a guy that could make a leap forward. Dion Jones for you at number nine. Yeah, I like this player a lot. I mean, he entered the NFL as what was you know considered a top cover linebacker, but his 2020 campaign proved that it's really hard to be consistent in that role as an expert coverer, if you will, in coverage. Um, especially when you don't have help around you. We know the Falcons' defense was not impressive in 2020. I mean, you look at his first two years, he recorded six interceptions and 21 passes defense in just two years, um, but still had an AV of nine in 2020, which was the second highest of his career. So not a terrible campaign. He also had a kind of a difference in, in his role that he played in this defense, right? He saw more action pressuring the quarterback. He, re he recorded a career-high 10 quarterback hits and a team leading four-and-a-half sacks. So – he has recorded at least 106 tackles in seasons where he has played at least 15 games. And he's really proven to be a well-rounded linebacker open to doing whatever's asked of him. And that's been pretty unique and, and good for when it comes to these defensive changes that the Falcons are undergoing this offseason. But got to bring this up. This is why I love this kid. His insane playmaking ability. No linebacker has recorded more interceptions, 11, than he has since entering the NFL in 2016, and he also has two more touchdowns than any other linebacker during that same time frame. So he had 84 return yards off of two interceptions in 2020, 165 yards in his rookie season to go along with two touchdowns. He's averaging one touchdown per year. That's pretty impressive for a linebacker. He's impressive when he gets the ball in his hands, no matter how rare that is. So he's an athletic guy. He, he excels in coverage. Um, you know, I think he's kind of the full package. I think people probably forget this, but I feel like until Tom Brady and James White happened that Deion Jones had a decent shot of being a uh, Super Bowl, whatever the 20, 28 to three Super Bowl was uh, <laughs> Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl 51, I guess the Super Bowl 51 MVP. 
Like he yeah. was doing, he was wrecking shop in that game. I think he had nine tackles, um, uh, tackle for loss, forced fumble. He was flying all over the place. And that was his, uh, that was his rookie season, obviously. And I tend to think that with a guy like Deion Jones, that you could potentially see someone like Dean Pease, who is his whole thing with, with his defense is not that he, he needs to have it's, it's blitz heavy. He blitzes like crazy. He creates pressure without having maybe the most elite talent on defense. It's what he did in Tennessee. It's what he's done his entire career. And I think you could see Deion Jones being a guy that is utilized in a lot of those pressure situations or is sitting back there with his coverage skills, able to take advantage of the pressure situations and, and, and create some havoc and, and create some turnovers. So, a very good chance that he is actually even higher because of the coaching change uh, when we look at this list next year. Demario Davis checking out at number eight. Yeah, some may have thought that Davis reached his apex when he was 30 years old. He got his first first team all pro selection, but he didn't regress much in 2020. I mean, 119 combined tackles, four sacks, earned an AV of 14, which ranked fifth among among, among linebackers. Um, you know, he may have been he may have been a late bloomer, but he's involved into the leader that. Uh, or evolved into the leader of one of the best defenses in the NFL over the past few years. I mean, he doesn't miss tackles much. He's solid in coverage. He knows how to read and react to movement quickly, no matter what kind of role he's playing on defense. So Demario Davis, it's great to see him, you know, turn into the star that many thought he would be when he was kind of bouncing around with the Jets. Um, somebody who definitely deserves a top 10 spot on this list. Yep. Uh, no, no qualms about it at all. You know, the guy who's the signing flew under the radar and then ends up being a, a very nice pole. Uh, for them, number seven, I am torn because I, I I love Roquan Smith. I am worried that he is not going to live up to what we hoped he would be when he came out of Georgia. I, I think I actually bet him to win Defensive Player of the Year last year. That that obviously didn't work out at all. He is just the way he flies around and the way he piles up stat like every possible stat, and it it, it just I, I want him to be what I thought he would be coming out of Georgia. And I'm worried that he might not, but is, so is this more of a projection or more of a, like, you know, thinking like, all right, maybe he'll finally have that breakout season. Is that what you're looking at here at number seven? Yeah, it was kind of a little bit of both. I mean, he had a pretty good rookie year and then took a bit of a backward step in 2019 and he kind of returned to form in 2020. It was his career year, right? 139 combined tackles that ranked number five among inside linebackers. His four sacks ranked third and uh, he led all inside linebackers with 18 tackles for loss. He also ranked third with a career-high seven passes defense. His AV of 15 was tied for second among all inside backers in 2020. So, Wait, you know, there's – did have a breakout. What am I – I'm an idiot, I guess. Yeah, I was <laughs> – oh, You know what? You know what? You know what happened? Okay. Yeah. I blacked out for a second there. Night 2019 is when he took that personal leave of absence. Right. I was thinking it was last year for some reason. And you know what happened is last year, I was too busy hating on the Bears to recognize that Roquan Smith was having a great year. I bet on him to win Defensive Player of the Year in 2019, not last year. Okay. I'm an idiot. It's all, yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. I was a little confused too. But yeah, Roquan no, Smith, he had it. Roquan Smith was having <laughs> awesome last year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just he, he was very won Roquan Smith's year last year. Damn it. Yeah, he, he was great in 2020, and, and that's why people are very excited for what this kid's going to do in the future. He seems like he's going to be a legitimate star in the Bears' defense, and once they get that quarterback situation figured out, you know he's going to be a leader on one of the best teams in the NFL, hopefully. So 
he he had a finally had that bounce back year that people were very curious if that was going to come to fruition or not. So he comes in at number seven on my list. Uh, that was kind of just a, a middle spot. You know, it could have been number eight. It could have been number six. Could have even been number five. I liked I like this kid. I like what he's uh, capable of. He's finally showing some kind of consistency. He's great at both levels of the defense. So he comes in at number seven. He's definitely a top 10 linebacker. I'm excited to see where I want to place him in 2022. I've, how, how did I? How did I not pay attention to what Roquan Smith did last year? What is? What the hell is wrong with me? What if that? I, I swear to God, I think it's just the Bears things. Like, like the fact that Bears fans were chirping at me, and I just refused to acknowledge anything good about the Bears except for that little stretch where I, I picked them to to win a bunch of games so that they would eventually lose and then potentially, uh, you know, fall out of the playoffs or or suffer a horrific loss. His AV was like fifteen. Yeah. Maybe I'm. I mean, maybe I'm. Maybe I am just an idiot, obviously. But man, he's only twenty four. Right. And I and now that now that I'm thinking about it too, so he had the personal stuff in 2019, and then 2019. Remember, obviously Vic Fangio was the you know was the coach and 20 defensive coordinator in 2018, and then switched over to Pagano, and you sort of wonder if it didn't cause him to sort of have an adjustment period there, you know, going from from Fangio to Pagano. Now they've got Sean DC, who is not Chuck Pagano. They got Chuck Pagano retired. I, I, I'll be curious to see how he adjusts to a third defensive coordinator in, in four years, but at 24 with the kind of season that he had that I completely ignored, obviously uh, maybe he could be a top five linebacker next year. Jeez. And I want to say this too, like the reason I didn't step in and ask what's going on, because there does seem like there's a narrative around him that's like, okay, we had a great third year, but can he keep up that? Are we going to see another step back? He's entering an important contract year, really. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of keep that up. But there is a weird narrative that kind of surrounds him. But to me, he's a, he's you're, a you're dynamic playmaker. What is he talking about? <laughs> Projecting. What? He's great last year. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> um, I get what you're saying, though. No problem. Yeah, man, I tell you what, that 2018 draft class, too. I know that, you know, obviously Josh Rosen is disappointed, and we still have questions about Sam Darnold. Saquon Barkley needs to have a bounce back year. But when you look at some of the players that are coming out of that draft class, I mean, Baker Mayfield, first overall, has shown certainly flashes. Denzel Ward looked great. He was in the top 10 list for uh, cornerbacks uh, that BMAC uh, did. Quentin Nelson, Josh Allen, Roquan, Minka, Vita Vea. I mean, they have some serious – Tremaine Edmonds, we mentioned on there, Derwin James, Jair Alexander, top two cornerback. Frank Ragnall was a top – I mean, there are some serious players that came out of that draft class. Calvin Ridley, Lamar Jackson, obviously, has a chance to be a very special draft class. Just just worth noting as I try to distract everybody from my lack of Roquan Smith knowledge. Uh, The the last man to see me before I fell off a scooter in Nashville, do you know who it was? Was it my? Was it number six on my list? Devin White. That's right. Uh, I was. I was actually had been to uh, interview Devin White, who's a fantastic player uh, and loves horses. And I, I went to interview him. And I, told, I was like, "Man, I rode a bird over here. It's kind of crazy." He's like, "Oh, a bird." He's like, that, "Those things are pretty cool." I was like, "Whatever you do, do not get on one until you sign your rookie contract because they are really dangerous." Leave the interview. Boom! Fall off a scooter in the middle of Nashville. So uh, that's my favorite Devin White story. But I, you know, look, this is a guy that. Um, two years in, it looks like in another – we were talking about it throughout these top ten lists. Jason Light has had a lot of guys appear on these lists. Uh, you know, whether it's Tristan Wurst, Vita Vea, obviously Tom Brady's going to make on the list. He's done a heck of a job drafting, and Devin White, you know, when you look at – because I believe the Raiders took Cleveland Farrell right in front of the Bucks, who took Devin White. 
And that looks like one of the biggest mistakes in, in recent draft history because White is an absolute game changer and a, and just a playmaker on defense. Yeah, well, first off, don't feel embarrassed. I think every time I go out in Nashville, the over-under of people falling off scooters is like right. one and a half, and I always take right. the over. But Devin White at number six, I, I'm telling you, I think he's my favorite player on this list, even though he comes in at number six. His 140 combined tackles ranked fourth in the NFL among inside linebackers, nine sacks ranked first, 15 tackles for loss ranked second, and his 16 quarterback hits ranked first. His AV of 15 was tied for second in the league. It's it's impressive because he missed Tampa Bay's first playoff game against Washington and still recorded 38 combined tackles, two picks, and recovered two fumbles in three playoff games. I mean, he stepped up his game when the games mattered most. Only four players have recorded over 200 tackles and at least 10 sacks in their first two seasons since sacks became an official stat, and White is one of them. I mean, just 23 years old, he's an emerging star in this league, and he's not the only Buccaneers inside linebacker on this list. No, he is not. Um, man, I mean, he's, dude, he's, he's 23 and he had, you know, I mean, he had just, he's two ridiculous seasons. Their defense is freaking loaded and Devin White is one of the key components to it. I mean, he's a perfect Todd Bowles linebacker uh, and, and he's just going to keep getting better. Uh, you know what, if I was, if I was worth anything as a podcast host, I would say, we'll find out who it is after the break, which we'll now do. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. <laughs> Jordan set me up with perfect segue, and I botched it. I'm, I'm, I'm just off my game. Um, Levante David, number five, another Buccaneers linebacker on the list, and well-deserving of it. I would argue that Levante David, you know, if you're, if you're trying to pick most underrated players in the NFL over the last five years, Levante David is there. He, he's the Robert Woods of linebackers. Yeah, I mean, he was a really good feel-good story in 2020. I mean, he suffered through terrible seasons with the Buccaneers, and that's why he wasn't getting a lot of praise because who was watching the Buccaneers and their defenses weren't necessarily that great. But he remained motivated, and he showed up when they finally got the chance at a Super Bowl. 
Only one NFL player has recorded more tackles in the last decade than David, and that guy's later found on this list, at, I think number one. So Levante David, a seasoned veteran, versatile guy. He hasn't slowed down at age 31. 117 combined tackles, one and a half sacks, three forced fumbles, 12 tackles for loss. Watch the film on this guy in the postseason. He's there to make a difference. He, he remains motivated. Um, he's just one of the best in the game, and it's pretty impressive that he hasn't slowed down at all, and I don't anticipate that uh, to happen in 2021 either, which is why I love Devin White, but I had to put Levante David over here because of the feel-good story aspect of the 2020 season, and also I don't think this guy's going to slow down either. He's the captain of that defense. He's the heart and soul of the Buccaneers' defensive side of the ball while Tom Brady holds down the other part of it. Um, that's why I'm excited about the Buccaneers' chances to repeat uh, this season. I think the other argument, too, for David over White is that I don't – I mean, I, Devin, I think Devin White's awesome no matter where he plays, but I don't know if he acclimates as quickly to that defense, to the position, um, and has as much success without a guy like Levante David sitting there telling him – you know, with like when you have that help, when you have a mentor type, who a similar style player who does the all-around stuff, and who – you know, I mean, just like – you know, if you're if you're if you're a young pass rusher, it helps to have a veteran on the opposite side. So I I'm I'm with you on the uh, standings there in terms of the Tampa linebackers. Here's a guy at number four. And he had a a down year. Also, also a uh, I mentioned the 2018 draft class. Also in the 2018 draft class, Darius Leonard could have been defensive player of the year his rookie season. Uh, you know, he look he is. He's just a beast. Uh, did, oh, wait. No, you know what? Did he not have a down year last year? It was 2019 was his down year. Did I do it again? He I missed five games last year. I mean, it wasn't the, the most amazing year, if you're saying that. But it's hard to meet expectations when you come into the NFL and put up the numbers he did in his rookie season. So I understand the, why you're questioning that. Um, but, yeah, it, it's funny. At number four, I almost didn't even include him on this list because he technically plays Will, right? He plays the weak side linebacker. And I found a tweet of him. And from like 2018 saying that he's not an outside linebacker. He's a weak side inside linebacker. And I'm like, okay, well, I think that's a outside linebacker, but I was like, okay. Anyway, I look back at what we did last year and we included him on this list and he's damn good. So I put Darius Leonard in the top four and I'll be honest, Will, I, I even feel a little dirty at him at number four. Cause he's just such a monster. I feel like he's definitely one of the top three guys, but I mean, he earned his second first team all pro honor in 2021, 132 combined tackles, three sacks, seven passes defense. Again, it's, it's hard to, continue to meet expectations when you make so much noise when you come into league as a rookie it's so hard if you're not going to maintain 163 tackles or what have you but our opinion hasn't changed when it comes to that this guy is one of the best linebackers one of the best defenders in the nfl yeah i mean it's like you look at darius leonard's stats oh no interceptions and only three sacks darius like, what are you doing you know what a what a terrible season uh looking at the odds for defensive player of the year. We talked about this on our mailbag podcast on Monday, and we had also mentioned it, I think uh, earlier, earlier in the week, maybe when we were looking at cornerbacks, but Darius Leonard at 30 to one, not a terrible bet. No, you know, I love that. You know, you're, you need to have a, a guy on a, a team with a winning record that makes the playoffs. It's just how these awards work. You know, they're not going to give it to a defender on a crappy team. Um, and you need to have a guy who piles up stats all over the place. And if Darius Leonard plays 15 or 16 games, he's probably going to have a couple picks. He's probably going to have 
you know, three to five sacks and he could lead the league in tackles like he did in his rookie season. If he does that, he's a, a very good defensive player of the year candidate, a little bit older. You know, he, he came out of South Carolina state. He'll be 26 uh, later uh, in, in late July, but still, you know, I mean, fourth year athletic prime, you don't want to say there's a breakout coming because he's already been great for three years, but it's entirely possible that he just takes it to another level and the Colts defense is awesome. I think the addition of DeForest Buckner really helps him as well because it sort of frees him up. Uh, you know, you're less likely to get blockers at that second level to, that he's going to have to deal with. And I, uh, my only argument here would be that maybe you have Darius Leonard too low. I would probably move him up to three, maybe, maybe. Maybe maybe two, but I don't know. Eric Kendricks at three instead, though. Uh, tell explain to me why you would why you take Kendricks over Darius Leonard. Yeah, I mean he's a playmaker as well. The coverage aspect is is very important in this day and age, right? I mean if this if we we're making this list ten years ago, we'd probably have Kendricks a little lower on this list. Uh, linebackers who can cover extremely well, you know, they help their defenses in a big way, and he's one of the best. He has the highest PFF grade of all linebackers since 2019. It was tied for first among all linebackers in interceptions last year with a career high three picks. Uh, despite missing five games and and even while he missed time still at 107 combined tackles so he's an important piece on this defense in general just not a, as a cover linebacker and there's something I, that I found interesting uh, recently that I read in the Star Tribune uh, the Vikings gave up at least 390 yards in four of their final five games with Kendricks out due to injury last season and allowed 463 yards on the ground in back-to-back -back losses to the Bears and Saints as well. So Kendricks is a vital piece of that defense, uh, and no linebacker has recorded more passes defense over the past five seasons than Kendricks. So I think that you know he's somebody who is doesn't get enough credit for what he does also in run support because he's seen as an elite cover guy, which is very true. But uh, this is a player that is one of the best linebackers in the NFL, and I try to give him his due by putting him at number three. Perfectly fair. Uh, you know, and a guy, Kendricks too, it's like him and you watch it, Kendricks play, he's so big. Yeah. He's huge. Like you see him, you're like, how is this guy moving like this? It's just a, you know, the, sort of the, it's interesting to have Ro, a guy like Roquan Smith and a guy like Eric Kendricks on, on the same list, you know, at, at the sort of playing a similar position where it's, it's just, they do such, they just look so different. And that's what's interesting about the linebacker position in the NFL, just how it's sort of evolved that way. I think your top two guys are probably no brainers. They both come from the NFC West. And Fred Warner at number two and Bobby Wagner at number one. Bobby Wagner, the you know, no, no surprise he's number one, but like the long, like he's he just sort of took over the mantle once Luke Keekley left as the best linebacker in football. But Fred Warner, man, I mean, he had a absolute, you know, he was already a good player for his first two years of his career, but then exploded last year, makes his first Pro Bowl and his first All Pro and had a huge season. Any consideration at all to, to having him topple Bobby Wagner in the in the rankings here? Absolutely. A lot of consideration, actually. But we went – I went back – say we, we. I went back to the stats, and I was like, okay, if I'm going to put uh, – if I'm going to put him over Wagner, then Warner's going to have some stats to back me up here. And I didn't really find it. Warner had an AV that was number one overall. That's a great you know piece of evidence. He also had more interceptions than Wagner, but Wagner's had more tackles. He had more sacks. He had more tackles for loss. He had more passes defense. Even though he's older, he hasn't showed any signs of regression. So I definitely put some consideration into it. But Fred Warner coming at number two is no joke either. And I expect him to be number one probably next year. I mean, 
he was a player. I remember last year we ranked at number nine on our list. And we, I think it was Sean said uh, that he was flying under the radar because he was part of a talented defense and he's becoming more of a household name now. And that will continue into 2021 because some of the 49ers defensive talent has left. Um, and Warner just continues to get better, right? 125 combined tackles, two picks, seven quarterback hits. Uh, I already brought up the AV of 19, which was by far better than any other inside linebacker. That's, that's a big part of it too. Um, he earned his first Pro Bowl nod as well as a first-team All-Pro selection. His 367 career tackles are tied for number seven in the NFL since he entered the league in 2018. He's just 24 years old. He's extremely durable. He hasn't missed a game due to injury. I expect him to come at number one, come in at number one on our list when we do this next year. Mm. Yeah, I mean, look, Bobby Wagner. By the way, <laughs> I cannot ever talk about Bobby Wagner without mentioning that he once got an MVP vote in a season where he only played uh, eleven games, but he has made four, no, excuse me, five consecutive All Pro teams. He's been a stud for Seattle, even as their defense has trailed off and gotten worse over the last you know few years. It's just not elite the way you know it, it's it's fine, it's fine defense, but it's not you know top shelf like it was when he and the Legion of Boom were together. He was sort of flying under the radar when the Legion of Boom were there because. You know, the Earl Thomas, Sherman, and, and Cam Chancellor got all, all the love. Bobby Wagner is a monster. He just bangs out big season after big season after big season. I think he's probably – I think he'll – actually, he'll definitely end up being a Hall of Fame linebacker when it's all said and done. I think Keekly uh, will will get in as well. And But, yeah, Fred Warner, at his, given the age, given how how he's play, how he played last year, um, the one concern maybe you have is that Robert Sala leaves and, and you know you have to adjust to a new defensive coordinator there in San Francisco, but they should be fine. Kyle Shanahan beefs up his coaching staff. Um, it, it wouldn't shut me at all if Warner was number one next year. And, and those two dudes are a problem for NFC West quarterbacks. Absolutely. And yeah, Wagner, I mean, he just, we just I think he just turned 31 or turns 31 this week. Uh, still the best inside linebacker in football, stopping the run or defending the pass. I mean, He's elite, and I think his consistency, as you mentioned, is another reason I had to put him at number one on our list. I mean, he's missed just one game over the last five years, I think, yep. and Levante David and Demario Davis, we brought them up earlier in the podcast. They've been consistent presences on defense over the past 10 seasons, but no player has recorded more tackles than Wagner in that time frame. It's like 1,200 or something. So, you know, I remember putting him at number one on our list last year, and I was like, okay, well, maybe this is the time he regresses and we'll have someone new for 2021. No, that didn't come to fruition. And yet I'm on the podcast saying it again, that we may <laughs> we may have another guy number one in 2022. But, again, I went back to the stats, and I wanted to make a, a, a an argument for Fred Warner. I had him at number one on my list for some time, but – Sure enough, uh, looking at the stats and just looking at the film, too, and the consistency, the experience, I, I just had to go with Bobby Wagner, the man's an absolute animal. There's no reason to get too cute and displace Bobby Wagner from the. That's when, like, B-Wags 54 is twi- like chirping at you on Twitter, like, you serious, bro? You don't think I'm the number one linebacker in football? Because that's, you know, it's like the Kelsey at one. You just you don't have to get cute. Yeah, I mean, I, I am pretty cute, though. I had Kyle Pitts at, like, number four in my tight end list. So. You get cute at four, right? <laughs> cute at one with Bobby Wagner. You know, it's sure. like that. Uh, it's, no, it's, a, it's a great list. You did, uh, as we mentioned, the tight end. You can check that out in the feed as well. Or I think it's in the feed. I, I get confused as to what, what is in the feed and what's not. But there's a lot of rankings in the feed. Jordan crushed it with multiple lists. Thanks, as always, for coming on, dude. Good stuff. And we will talk to you soon. All right. You're the man, Will. Thank you. See you, buddy. 
Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.